0: Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 68. Uh, Last week, we spoke with Colin Mason, who was looking at veterinary investigation and such, like in a lot of different words that I didn't understand. But today, um, I've obviously been travelling a lot with the podcast lately. I say travelling, I'm still in my bedroom at home, but uh, recording on Zoom with folk from all over the world. And today, we have two ladies paving the way of the agricultural industry for themselves and those behind them. Um, Today we have Tara and Natalie, and I'm going to try to get the certain names correct. If I don't get it right, I'm sorry. Tara van der Dusen and Natalie Kovarik. is that correct?
1: Yes,
2: that was great. Mm -hmm. Perfect,
0: look at that, I might actually get it right for once. So ladies, if you want to say hello to everyone.
3: Before we get on in to another excellent episode of the R2Cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer. A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry, whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish Farmer's got it for you. Do you wanna go first? Oh, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm, uh, Natalie Kvork. Well, so you actually, my married name is Czech, So I thought for sure you'd probably get it. Cause it's more over your way than it is over my way. Um, but my husband and I, we ranch in central Nebraska, um, which is for anyone who's not familiar with the territory of the States. It is kind of right in the middle of the United States. um, and we're kind of right in the middle of Nebraska. So, uh, we have a light livestock operation. We ranch, um, so we have beef cattle, um, and we're pretty heavier on that side. We do minimal farming. Um, and along with that, um, I share online. So, um, Tara. Yeah. So I'm Tara Vaynerdusen I'm a fifth
2: generation dairy farmer. I now dairy farm with my husband and our two girls and my husband's entire family. And we dairy farm here in Eastern New Mexico. We do do some crops, but our primary is dairy farming as well. Um, so both Natalie and I are obviously heavily involved in cattle, just in different ways. Uh, I, my role on the dairy is I actually work as an environmental consultant for dairies throughout New Mexico, helping uh, farmers with permitting, regulations, um, just all things like in the regulatory field for water, Uh, manure and soil. And then I, like Natalie, also share online. And in the last year, Natalie and I have started our new business together called Elevate Ag.
0: Looking forward to getting into Elevate Ag uh, quite soon. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you're probably noticing um, that Tara and Natalie are a bit ahead of me (laughs) equipment-wise with their fancy mics and their fancy uh, headphones, whereas I sit here with my iPad sat on top of a Hoover box. Um, <laughs> there's levels to this podcasting game and, and as Tara said they're about Elevate Ag they have their own podcast which we will cover as well so everyone that listens guys quite like hearing about the farms and sort of what sort of numbers are being ran that sort of thing could you tell us the sort of breeds you're running obviously one's dairy one's beef um, and maybe the sort of numbers of cattle that you have on the, the ranches
1: Yeah. So our operation is a little diversified. Um, my husband loves cows (laughs) and while we both grew up in, while we both grew up in agriculture, our operation is technically first generation. So when he graduated from what you guys would call university, um, he came back to the operation and kind of really had to build it from scratch himself. Um, his dad had maintained like a small herd on the side. Um, but both of his parents weren't in production agriculture, especially from a, um, like income standpoint. Um, so to answer your question, um, to, to kind of build our operation, we, he had to be involved in a lot of different areas. So the heart of our operation is what we call a cow calf operation. And that's kind of what he started with. Um, but we've also added on, we do backgrounding, um, which for anyone, I, I guess, I don't know for sure how well, like terms correlate. Um, but that is basically kind of an intermediate stage between the cow calf and before they hit the feedlot. So we'll do like a, um. Finishing on them, not to the full point, but we finish from the sale barn. Um, so technically, the feedlot buys them. We do the small finishing, and then the feedlot will accept them once they hit a certain point. So we have, we're involved in the backgrounding. Um, we also have an AI business. My custom, my husband does custom AIing. Um, which is artificial, artificial insemination, and then we recently added uh, what we call seed or registered here in the state. So we have a, a small but mighty and growing um, registered Angus um, herd that we're we're adding to our uh, official Cabot cattle company um, umbrella.
0: Yeah, I was reading. I was reading a bit about that today. It's obviously you know as a Scotsman, uh, it's 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 a good one. To, good one to hear. I'm going to guess um, or not guess. I'm going to say what we would know as background and from your explanation is we would call it store. Uh, we okay. would sell, sell store. So we would rear to a certain extent. We would then sell to someone else who can, who can fully finish them. Okay. Um, and Tara, could you tell us a bit about, um, about the enterprise at home for yourself?
2: Yeah. So um, my, I grew up on a dairy farm here also in Eastern New Mexico, Daniel's family and my family were kind of like next door neighbor dairy farmers. So I uh, grew up in Eastern New Mexico my whole life. Um, and went away to college at the university of Arizona to get my degree in environmental science. Um, obviously moved back when I married my husband and we dairy farm on four dairy farms. So it's all like one family farm, but, um, there are four barns and my husband is one of six boys. Five of the six boys are involved in the dairy. So there is a lot of us all on the dairy um, and each one of them has their own role and own barn that they kind of manage, an area that they manage. Um, so it works out actually really, really well with them working together along with my father-in-law. And um, as you know, I mentioned my my job is just kind of a little bit different. Like I'm not doing the day-to-day management of the dairy farm with my husband. Um, instead, I'm working with my clients on um, their permits and regulations. And um, yeah, so that's I guess kind of sums up ours. We have some field crops as well that kind of I feel like comes with the territory of dairy farming but our main focus is the dairy farm.
0: So when you're seeing barns there are are they are they housed all year round or? No
2: great question actually no here in New Mexico we have a very pretty mild climate actually it's fairly hot in the summer and cool in the winter but For the most part, it's mostly sunny days. We don't get a lot of rain, um, which is obviously problematic at the same time as being great. The cows love it, but we also need to grow feed for them. Um, And so our cows are housed in open lots. So it's all open corral style barns. And so when I say barn, Mm -hmm. I just mean parlor, milking parlor. We have four milking parlors um, and then open lot feel or open lot corrals for the cows um, year round.
0: And I'm going to have a little guess here. When you say mild, do you mean a slightly different temperature to what us Scots people think. So um, what, we, for those of you listening, guys, we're filming on the 7th of September. So um, just sort of coming to the end of summer at the minute. What, what sort of temperatures do you guys see throughout the year?
2: So um, we can hit triple digits. So we, we hit like 105 this summer, but it's for a very short, brief amount of time. Like it's a couple days. And, um, you know, if you're in like Southern Arizona or even Southern New Mexico, they do a lot more misters, a lot more fans, a lot more fully covered, um, open corrals for heat protection, obviously from the cows, we just, it's very like short little bits. And then we drop down into the nineties. So we're in the nineties this week. I think we'll probably start hitting the eighties. Um, our, I would say our biggest challenge is, is that in the spring and in the fall, since we're what's considered like high desert, we have the temperature swings. So it'll be pretty cool in the night and then very warm in the day. And that's actually more of, that's probably our biggest challenge, um, overall is those temperature swings.
0: And what what's what's winter like? Is it is it white or is it just cold? Is it no snow? That's Both, what
2: like. there's very minimal snow and we'll get those cold snaps every now and again, um, with some snow, sometimes just cold snaps, not even snow. Um, but the m- most part, yeah, you know, you're getting like 50 degree days and it's it's not super cold. Unlike it's, Natalie in
0: Nebraska. <laughs> I was just gonna ask that. Could you could you talk to that yourself, Natalie? What what it's like where you are?
1: Yeah. I would say Nebraska is definitely like a four season state. Um, so, and I would say we actually probably, um, have a decent uh, one, you know, season doesn't overpower the other. So we do actually have a really nice fall in Nebraska. I actually grew up in Montana, which for anyone listening, that's not super familiar, that would be a little bit further West than Nebraska and also North. It would border Canada. Um, and that definitely, did not have a fall. (laughs) Um, whereas Nebraska does have a nice fall season. So, and we're kind of just settling into that. So we'll have a nice fall. Um, we'll also have a decent winter, not as much snowfall as I'm used to growing up in Montana, but we'll get some, it melts off pretty quickly. It doesn't stick around super long and then we'll transition into a decent spring and then we'll move into summer. So I would say we're a pretty strong four state season or four-season state, sorry.
0: For sure, yeah. And, and it, as as someone coming from Europe, I understand the four-season thing. But however, as opposed to four seasons over the course of a year, we tend to four seasons over the course of like 24 hours. Um, and yeah. wake up I'm like, oh, it's lovely, t-shirt weather. Why is yes. it snowing? Uh, you know, like,
1: that um, is very much how Montana was. It was like, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes and it'll be a different weather that you can dress yeah. for. That was how I grew up. But um, Nebraska, I feel like isn't as... Um, tara kind of talked about the swings i don't feel like it's as heavily into the swings as some places can be
0: yeah, yeah. i quite like that if you don't like the weather now you'll like it in yeah. 10 minutes uh-huh. um, so as someone with very little geographical knowledge of the states how far are you two away from each other
2: we're about 14 hours apart so natalie is like pretty much straight north of
0: me right
1: natalie i feel like yeah i think much- it was like 900 miles uh, which also doesn't help you guys because you're in kilometers probably.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. no. We, it's, it's the one thing we've stuck to for Imperial is miles. Everything. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So when you were talking about like, triple figures I was like that would burn you
2: sorry Fahrenheit triple digits not Celsius uh yeah we're just under a thousand miles apart and Natalie's came down to New Mexico this summer to visit me but I have not yet made it up to Nebraska and I'm not planning to do so during the winter so I will be a fair weather Nebraska visitor and come in the summer next oh, summer
0: gotta got go in the winter snow is the best weather snow is the best weather <laughs> I absolutely um, hate snow So I guess the follow up question would be, how did you guys come to be working together?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. We uh, were like acquaintances online for years and years, like talked regularly. We were in like DM groups together and just like talked often, I would say almost daily for multiple years. And then last year in March of 2021... Natalie hosts like in-person, uh, retreats for women. And I was one of the attendees and that was the first time we met in person, right? Natalie. Yeah. And then from there, um, actually about a year ago, right now, like August of, uh, 2021, we kind of had the idea to kind of join forces and start what is elevate ag. And it has just, you know, snowballed into what it is now, Um, and so it's kind of crazy that it's only been like a year and a half since we first met in real life and yet here, like where we're at with our business.
0: Yeah, we quite, sorry, sorry, not alone. You go continue. No, it's
1: okay. I was just gonna say, yeah, we shared online individually for quite a while. Tara actually shared online long you know, even before I did. Um, and then just, I feel like online is kind of like a, the new way, you know, it's very, I feel like it used to be weird to meet friends online and now everyone's friends are online. Um, <laughs> but we were just acquaintances with social media and then through opportunities um, of really really realizing how aligned kind of some of our missions and passions were. we, that's when we decided to join force and kind of, instead of, you know, working to share or advocate alone, you know, kind of do it together.
0: It's, it's funny how you say, it's it's quite common now for friends to be online and it you know it used to be don't talk to the people on, <laughs> on the internet <laughs> you know uh, but I, I've actually this weekend i'm going to be meeting a guy that i've known for two years now but i've never met him and it's it's such a such a it's so cool you've almost got like your <clears throat> friend groups and then you've got your online friend groups like you, you've got this sort of two two separate bits um when you said there Natalie tara had been doing this a bit longer that actually led me to a bit of a question um you used to go under, instead of under your name, Tara, you would go yes. New Mexico Milkmaid, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, uh, I was New Mexico Milkmaid for six years.
0: What, what made you change?
2: So I had wanted to change for a long time. I had really good reasons why I picked New Mexico Milkmaid. Um, I you know, just kind of wanted to protect our family. Um, didn't want maybe everyone to know who we were, where we lived, everything about us. And I also just didn't want to represent like the entire family farm. I wanted to be able to share more of my story and my journey and not necessarily like represent our family farm. As I said, there's five brothers involved in the dairy, you know, with wives, families. Um, and I just didn't want to feel like I was speaking for anyone. So I felt like New Mexico milkmaid kind of gave me like my own platform, but, then as like time continued, I could just tell I was kind of felt like I was outgrowing it and just needed to use like my own name. There was like times it got kind of confusing. It was like, I don't know, just like, how do you introduce yourself? How do you like talk about things? And so um, as we were b- building Elevate Ag, especially when we were going to launch our own podcast, it just made more sense for me to say like, I'm your host, Tara you him, not like I'm your host. You may know me online as New Mexico milkmaid. Like, you know, there's like a lot of words in there. And so, um, I finally, my husband was very hesitant, but I finally convinced him to jump on the bandwagon. And now, now, and I love it. I, you know, you'll never outgrow your actual name, you know, like you can always outgrow like a title or something. Um, and so this just felt more me.
0: It's it's quite interesting that because I mean I'm in the position that my name is Wallace but uh, I've went under this rural to kitchen thing and and it kind of helps me in the sense that I'm a lecturer and I kind of want to keep the two separate and um, they end up finding it eventually but you know uh, it's it, it's quite a, a thought I've had I'm like should I just be Wallace Curry it's it's really like a weird one it's um, and 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 we spoke to I spoke to Andrea, but that's funnily enough, um, quite a few weeks ago, she considered changing just to Andrea Fleming as opposed to that fit advocate, which I always struggle to say. Um, <laughs> Natalie Tara mentioned there Natalie about retreats. Could you talk talk a bit to that, Natalie?
1: Yeah, that was something I started back in. Was it twenty? 20- 20, 21, 2021. Um, and I actually attended when I started sharing online, I actually attended a retreat of my own that obviously someone else was hosting. And I feel like it was very pivotal and kind of helping me realize kind of what I wanted to do online, you know, how to monetize and make money online. Um, and just kind of, you know, find your footing a little bit more than just, you know, opening up the app, spending a whole bunch of hours on it and not really understanding why or what for. And so um, after I had finished that retreat, I felt really called, to create something that was more niche down to just serving people that was really within my industry, whether that was a, woman who was, you know, actually a farmer or rancher or kind of lived a rural lifestyle and maybe wasn't involved in production egg to the extent that we are, but still like resonated with that lifestyle or maybe grew up in it. And so I ended up launching my own retreats in 2021 and I've hosted like eight now, which Tara, um, came to one of my first ones, um, as a student, but she has since, you know, came on as an assistant coach and, um, helped me kind of lead them throughout the, you know, the rest of 2021 and 2022. So it's been a really fun thing to grow. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of, um, my rural rooted retreats.
0: Could could you tell us a bit more about what they actually involve? You know, what if 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 I was to go yeah, of a course. Treat, well, you know, if someone's going to treat, what what could they expect?
1: Yeah. So they're, um, small group, um, or smaller ish. We actually have a new offering. That's even smaller. Um, but about 20 women, um, is how many I'll take that's the max amount. Um, and it's over three days. So they're pretty high intensive. You learn a lot. They're very long days. Um, they're in a a remote location. So all the women all over the U S will travel to one location and will stay. Um, you know, I kind of pick like a, um, in this last past year was a location in Texas. Um, it was kind of like an, a, a ranch retreat kind of venue. And so, um, the women come in, we cover, you know, laying groundwork for sharing online and building a business. Um, we cover a lot of things that are more specific to, you know, sharing online and social media, how to build social media presences. And then we also just kind of, uh, have discussions around and lead around, um, like general entrepreneurship, um, in, in general. So off of line. So it seems, you know, you need to to be a successful business owner. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of fun. We bring in photographers and uh, graphic designers for the women to have logos and we kind of just try and really set them up. They're de- designed for women who are, you know, want to share online and, and turn it into take it from a side hustle to a job and so we try and give them as many tools as they can to kind of help them make that pivot from you know whether it's idea to fruition or um you know maybe taking it to the next level where they have been sharing and have a product or a business but aren't really like making a full income from it
0: Do you know you two are just making me think of someone that is so like you in new zealand and i don't know if you're aware of Philippa cameron Um, no
1: but I would love to be connected I love meeting like-minded people
0: oh my god you guys are just the same (laughs) people but in the states like it's the exact same well not the exact same but um, if you want to look her up on instagram her name is what's for smoko Um, and if you've been to New Zealand or Australia uh, you'll know this if you haven't, you won't. Smoko is basically your sort of like your morning tea, like you know, uh a, uh a, a, a bite to eat here and there in the morning and in the afternoon. And and Philippa's role on the forty thousand hectare farm. <laughs> oh
3: my <laughs> my you guys goodness.
0: will be you guys will be acres, won't you? So a hundred thousand yeah. essentially. Oh um, wow.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: no, just just a small garden. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um her role is she's she's married to probably either the main farm manager or or his son the the sort of the, the the dad and son run it together she's involved in the farm but her role is sort of feeding feeding the people there as well and and she talks about everything that happens on the farm, a wee bit similar to what you're talking about, and the way she's sort of pushed her brand is through writing books and sort of pushing it that way. And the reason I got in touch with Philippa originally, bearing in mind I'm from Scotland, is her book is sitting in our kitchen at my mum and dad's house. You know, so it's it's um it's obviously working, but I think you guys should should check them up because you're because you're quite similar in that sense. Um, Tara, could you you mentioned about a uh, university? Uh, could you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so I uh, wanted to kind of get away from my small town get out of my small town do something different when I went to college. So I went to the University of Arizona, which is in southern Arizona in Tucson. And I got my degree in environmental science and I focused in policy and law and soil chemistry. And um, I feel like I'm one of those like few people that has used my degree like extensively um, throughout my career. So doing environmental consulting work, obviously for dairy farms and agricultural sites, I used a lot of my degree Um, and I have loved being an environmental consultant. Um, I've done that for the last 10 years and it's introduced me to some incredible clients and I've gotten to work on some really cool projects and uh, yeah, I, I it was instrumental in what ended up getting my degree was instrumental in what I ended up actually doing with, um, with it.
0: And, um, move, <clears> moving <throat> into sort of your roles, environmental consultant aimed, aimed in the dairy industry, uh, Tara. what, what sort of, what's your sort of day-to-day job like in that, in that business?
2: Yeah. So actually just yesterday I was out sampling, which is a majority of my job these days. Um, I, we sample all of our, we have monitoring wells is what they're called and they basically just monitor groundwater. So we sampled all of our monitoring wells, all of our production wells, so our production wells are standard wells that we water our crops with. And then we also sample like our lagoons, So where all of our recycled wash water from the barn goes, we um, sample those as well. Um, sample soils. And then a lot of it is um, the boring part of my job is reporting. So putting all of the data into reports that I have to turn into regulatory agencies. So they're, you know, they have a permit, they have certain requirements they have to fill with meter readings, all sorts of different stuff, compiling all of those reports and turning it into the agencies. Um, So just all things in like the permitting world, I guess, making sure they're up to date on their permit, make sure they have the right permits um so lots a lot of like behind a computer time actually just a lot of yeah putting together reports
0: and and given you guys are across the pond as we like to say you're talking about permits there your your sort of standards your legislation is going to differ from ours what, what sort of permits are you talking about
2: yeah so for dairy farms you have to have a lot there's a lot of different and it depends on the state to be honest it's very varies widely from state to state Here in New Mexico, you have to have a state, uh, permit that's with our state environment department. Um, you also, a lot of dairy farms have to have a permit through EPA. Um, there's also like Natalie's world in the cattle ranching for, um, you know, feedlots. A lot of times feedlots have to have, uh, what's called an NPDS permit. So it's a national, like a federal permit. Um, and then there's also again, state requirements for feedlots as well as dairy. So it really depends on what your cattle operation is like, or what your operation, whether it's farming, ranching, dairy farming, and then what state you're in, what exactly is required.
0: I always forget that, like, you know, here here in the UK, we've got the UK, we've then got that split up into Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales and England, and, and they're sort of devolved powers that way, but we don't sort of devolve into into counties. But your your states are just, you know, countries in, the, in their own right in some ways. And it's, it's quite funny that, you know, even though states are the size of our country, it, yes. it's strange in our head to consider that. But um Natalie, I actually meant to ask you earlier, but as I always do, I get waylaid by something more interesting. <laughs> and that's made me say it in a horrible way, as if what I'm about to ask you about isn't interesting, and that's not what I've been <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no offense taken none
0: <laughs> oh i'm glad um uh, you mentioned aberdeen angus is is there a reason you've chosen aberdeen angus because i assume that's not the only breed that you're you're running at home
1: no my so my husband um we actually for our cow calf operation we will run angus and then we'll cross them with herford and so we'll get like a nice f1 like a black baldy and that's what our commercial herd is that's what my husband's love he's in love with, he loves say heterosis and he'll start chatting your ear off. And so that's what, you know, he's really passionate about. Um, as far as our registered herd and why we chose to go with, I actually grew up on a registered Herford Hereford operation in Montana. Um, but we chose to go with Registered Angus here in Nebraska, um, and I think he did that for a couple of reasons. Um, I think part of it was when he was looking um, for Angus bulls, he wasn't. He was kind of having trouble sourcing exactly what he was looking for. Um, I think he it was also kind of a geographical thing. So there wasn't, you know, a huge, long-standing family, um, you know, seed stock operation in our area. So he felt like he could also serve a lot of people in this area. So a couple of different reasons why we ended up going with um, purebred Angus for for our registered operation.
0: And just to try and be the the sort of um, the translator. Um, yeah, <laughs> <for those listening laughs> I know. Sorry. Um, I think you know, no, it, Yeah, it's it's great, and, and you you use the correct word uh, heterosis, heterosis. You said uh, what we would refer to as hybrid vigor. Um, uh, it's funny. I think I, this is this is one of the really fun things I enjoy, and why I've really over the started few the last few weeks started to try and not just speak to people that are forty miles away. Try yeah. and really. see all stretches of industry across the world finding different terminologies great fun and 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 hearing how different folks say things and one that I will continue to tell this story for some time is you've probably heard of Joel Salatin Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah yeah. I I Joel on about oh god 20 odd weeks ago half a year ago now and uh he had the, the, those sort of like um, chicken coops that move when the grass is finished and so on and so forth and when therefore the turkeys he calls them gobbledygoes and I, honestly I, I, I've told so many folk that I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um <laughs> we,
3: we hilarious. Spoke to, Yeah
0: it's, it's a good one it's a good one. We, we spoke to Tara and Natalie about university did you ever uh, study in this sector at all or uh, No. Sure.
1: Yeah. So my education is actually in pharmacy. So I practice as, um, I grew up again on a ranch and then, um, my parents kind of encouraged, I have three older sisters. They encouraged all of us to kind of get a degree outside of agriculture. I think they really wanted to make sure that if any of their daughters came back to the operation, it was kind of by choice. Um, you know, we, we weren't forced to, we had, you know, they knew they, we truly wanted to be on the operation. And so I ended up getting my degree in pharmacy. And, um, before I met my husband, I was actually I was near my family ranch, but I was not living on it. Um, I was working as a full-time pharmacist in kind of a bigger city in Montana. Um, and then when I met my husband is when I relocated to Nebraska. Um, and I still actually worked part-time at, as a pharmacist at our, we have a small local hospital. Um, and I did that. So I worked off the ranch part, part part-time and then shared online and then kind of, the deeper I got to sharing online, and you know, the more Tar and I got to building Elevate Ag and some of the things that came with it, I just couldn't serve everything. So I ended up kind of stepping away from pharmacy, and um, I no longer work. Um, I'll fill in as needed for a pharmacist, but um, my day to day is now either on the operation or kind of doing stuff, which is oddly enough, but stuff you know for online. So you know, sharing on Instagram or answering emails or doing something that Tar and I need to do, recording our podcast. And it's weird that that's my job, but that's my job now
0: it's quite funny how you can you can start with one thing and then suddenly you fall into this thing and, and with social media that can happen like that yeah. as you guys are proven um you, you said your parents sort of said you know to go and and, and find uh, another trade or, or, or do a degree somewhere else which I always thinks quite a, a positive and refreshing outlook from parents because they can be like oh well it's four free people mm-hmm. to work on the farm and yeah. um, but that's good but before you did decide to go was, was farming in some way you know involved in the sector or working working as a producer always something that was going to be uh, a future you saw before you went to university? no No. right okay
1: (laughs) no I mean I loved growing (laughs) up on the ranch and I look back and had very you know fond memories and spent even when I wasn't living on the ranch I still spent you know I'd go out on weekends I have two sisters on my ranch and so a lot of my core family's there and I spent a lot of time there but no I never Envisioned living on the ranch again. I never envisioned getting my income from the ranch. I never envisioned marrying a rancher. And so it was um, very much a shock when I met and fell in love with my husband. But, um, you know, I don't know if, if you believe in, you know, what your beliefs are spiritually, but um, I believe in a God and I'm always uh, grateful that He kind of placed me back and had me come full circle to, to putting me on the ranch again. Cause I, I do feel most at home kind of living in, you know, rural setting and being on the ranch. And I feel really grateful to be kind of raising my three boys that way too
0: it's 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 quite interesting that because I mean, personally i have no no religious beliefs in like that but i i i think that the word that really sort of resonated was the grateful part you know i'm grateful for the life i've got and, and and a lot of people are in that position and and you know grateful compared to some other folks positions unfortunately so i i totally get the sort of the the the, the grateful side of it but
3: i hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the r2 cast with another really interesting guest I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, the Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry.
0: Um, This is probably a question to both of you, and and I like to ask people this uh, who are from another country, basically, because from myself, obviously, you guys are from a country. That's how we all are from. I've said that terribly, but... Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's
1: quite lost, lost in translation <laughs> yeah exactly Yeah,
0: so that, that's it that's it I, I always like to look at the impact of, of of policy on the industry and and how how do you feel i'm not by the way i'm no politician uh, if you ask people if you if people knew me heard is asking questions about politics saying <laughs> like you know who's the prime minister because i barely know Um, who how has policy shaped agriculture in the, in the states is 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 it quite agriculturally supporting or what sort of situation are you guys in?
2: I do feel like since we're such a big country with so many states that it is kind of like hit or miss. I feel like we have our states that are very supportive of agriculture and are very like pro ag. And then we have our states that aren't. And then at the federal level, it ends up kind of being like a wash a little bit. Um, And so I, you know, I feel like Texas, like I feel like is really, Positive for ag. I feel like a lot of our Midwest states are really positive. Ag and then we have like our outliers along the coast that maybe not are not always like ag is not the forefront of their minds. Um, at the exact same time, you know, like California is one of the largest producers of just about everything in our country. So obviously on some level, it's pro-ag, it's just in a different way. So I feel like it just, um, I know that's probably not the answer you wanted. I just feel like it's so diverse from state to state and what the offerings are of for ag and what it looks like. Um, Natalie?
0: Maybe, so just before before uh, you say that, Natalie, it'd be interesting to hear about you guys' experiences in Nebraska, Montana, and uh, New Mexico. Um, yeah,
1: I was going to say the state I'm in now, Nebraska, I would say is really agriculture supportive. I, one in four jobs, I think in Nebraska is actually related to the industry. And I think it, you know, the industry is a huge uh driving force of our economic value. And so um I would say overall it's very supportive of the industry. I think what is interesting when you get to different states is um is that you can find almost hot pockets of very urban areas. Um, so for like Nebraska, for example, our capital is Omaha or wait, is it Lincoln? One of the two, um, basically there's two, <laughs> two very large cities in Nebraska, Omaha and Lincoln. And other than that, I would say our state is pretty rural. Um, and so you'll kind of get maybe differing opinions once you've ventured kind of to like the hearts of those urban areas. Um, but for, a, you know, a mass overlook, I would say that um, Nebraska is very agriculture supportive. And I think that's kind of happening you know, across the states is that you'll, um, maybe like for Montana, for example, kind of the same thing, I would say that Montana is a very, you know, agriculture driven, um, really heavily into farming. Um, also, you know, ranks pretty high up, I think in, in cattle as well. I think there's actually more cattle than people in Montana. Um, but you'll definitely get larger cities that are kind of leaning towards, you know, less, I guess, maybe supportive of the industry, but it's almost condensed in those hotter pockets of the state than it is like spread out evenly.
2: Yeah. And I would agree in New Mexico, like Albuquerque, Santa Fe tend to be obviously more or very urban and probably are less understanding of agriculture, but the rest of the state is, I mean, primarily ag is a huge piece. Um, you know, oil and gas and ag, um, are all big pieces. And I will say a lot of our legislators are really supportive. Like, I think we've had every single, Senator and representative that currently represents New Mexico to our dairy, which I think speaks volumes of like their interest in wanting to be involved in agriculture, wanting to understand, you know, um, dairy farming. And so I would say um, that that is very true. You have those urban hot spots, and then a lot of the other states or um, a lot of the other counties within the state are ag focused.
0: You strike me, you both strike me as being quite modest, but I'm, I'm probably going to test that modesty here, Tara. Um, <laughs> you said most of the your state senates have been to your dairy farm. Is that maybe due to you being no. who you are? Oh, is it not? Nope. It's not right. Definitely right.
2: not. My father-in-law has always been very, very like welcoming of anyone <laughs> who wants to come and view the dairy. Um, we are located right next to an Air Force base. So my husband actually hosts once a month when new people get... Um, placed on base or moved to on base, move into our town, they try to take them around to different places within our um, city and our County. And our dairy is one of those places. So that way they can learn about agriculture. So no, it's a combination. Um, I'm sure some of them have come out because of me. Some of them have come out because of a brother-in-law. I feel like there's, we're all, there's so many of us and we're all involved, very involved in agriculture and politics and all sorts of different things within our state in different ways. Um, so it's, it's definitely been a combination, but know something my father in law has believed in strongly is, um, you know, the value of bringing people out to the farm and having them see something and really understanding it.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's quite funny. You, you two are both from two states that I'm aware of. And, and as you've just spoken those last two or three minutes, um, all of my information about the states you guys are from. Are from Big Bang Theory because Penny is from Omaha, <laughs> and, uh, and obviously I'm sure you you know what I'm going to say your Tara Breaking just, Bad, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Albuquerque, which is hands down the coolest spelt city name on this planet. Oh um, my
2: gosh, I had to ship something to Albuquerque yesterday, and I like I still sing the song in my head from like elementary school of remembering how to spell it.
0: Well, you're going to have to sing as a song. I am,
2: I am absolutely not singing a song. <laughs> that I is. am like barely have a voice as is from allergies right now. So I'm absolutely not singing. That can is be it? your
1: intro jingle, Wallace. <laughs>
0: I know. <laughs> See, you guys are so far ahead. First off, you you uh, welcome everyone with your name, which I don't like I've ever done. So people are going to listen to 65 episodes and not know my name yet. Um, uh, And jingle, definitely not there yet either. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have to get the Albuquerque song uh, uh, put in there somewhere. Um, you said, dear tara and I'll put this to both of you again. Uh, that sort of, it's not just yourself that's involved in promoting ag and promoting the farm and all that sort of thing. A lot of you are, and and what you quite often find with these social media accounts around farming is one of them loves it. They're posting a lot of things. Another one's, oh my god, can you put the camera down? You know, like it's a, uh, it's sort of getting that 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 balance, but for both of you both yourself natalie and tara is it the case that sort of most of the people involved in in the farm or the ranch um are are promoting it online
2: no (laughs) no I'll go first. So I'm the only one promoting, promoting agriculture online. Um, I, other family members are involved in other ways. Like I have a brother-in-law that sits on a lot of boards, but he doesn't necessarily actively promote on social media. So I'm the only one. So that kind of goes back to the name thing that I I like wanted it to be mine and not like the farms. Um, and so that's kind of mine. And then Natalie,
1: um, so again, going back to where first generation operation. So like my husband's parents aren't really involved in our ranch and, um, it's really just us it's our, our core family and then we do have one really amazing um employee that um and he actually hates the camera so he's never online <laughs> um so it's just really me and my husband and um i would say i take the lead role in sharing he's definitely you know like makes appearances and um he's involved in like if i'll do brand partnership speaking with certain you know companies within the industry he'll lend his voice because he um you know, a lot of people trust and respect um, my husband's opinion. And so he definitely plays a role in my social media channel, but um, I think it's mostly correlated probably most strongly with just myself.
0: Um, it, Yeah. It's, it's, it's sometimes, sometimes, you know, couples and, and, and families sort of live their whole life together doing it. And, and some folks just, it never works. And it's, quite, it's quite funny just seeing. So I was interested just when you'd mentioned uh, Tara, that our brother-in-law had done something, but that, that was more board based. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned elevate ag throughout and uh, if you're listening at home or i don't think really people listen to podcasts at home if you're listening whatever you are maybe you're pushing a lawnmower don't know why that was the choice it's going to be coming out in november you're probably not doing that um not in nebraska yeah, well, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely not definitely not um these guys are very much more than competition they're they're big time in the podcasting world but uh, elevate ag is very much more than just podcasting could you tell us we've spoken about elevate ag throughout we've we've sort of touched upon it I always like to try and leave the main thing till the end and have, have a chat about it there what is elevate ag how did it come about and and where are we now with it
1: so elevate ag started as an online course um i think tara and i are very much um we don't want to be gatekeepers so we've been sharing online for a long time and have learned some mistakes and learned some valuable information. Um, And it was something we were being asked a lot, you know, how can we advocate the way you guys do? How can we maybe make an income the same way you guys do from online? And instead of kind of keeping that to ourselves, we're very much so about sharing. Um, And we just found that it was going to be easier to kind of create a place to share it instead of, you know, one-off conversations all the time, like we were having. And so, Um, Tara kind of had the original idea for elevate ag. And then I came on and, um, it's really what it sounds like. It's an online course. It's meant for farmers and producers, um, farmers, ranchers, and producers to learn how to share their story online, better, really give them the tools they need to successfully create a great social presence. And then along with that, um, something we both believe in is kind of earning, you know, monetary income for, you know, what we're putting into these channels. And so we also try and teach you everything we've learned about earning an income from that. Um, and then, beyond the course is kind of where the the podcast came into play. So I'll let Tara share about that um, if she wants to.
2: Yeah, we were deep in recording the uh, course and creating all the things that relate to the course. And uh, we quick, quick, quickly realized that we wanted to start a podcast, which was very out of left field. We hadn't talked about it. Natalie had said no to other podcast ideas, like, but we just felt like it it needed more than just the course. It needed like a follow-up of like being able to have conversations with people weekly. And so the podcast has um, honestly become a place that we really love to hang out, engage with our community, share. And our podcast, we touch on quite a few different topics. We interview entrepreneurs in the rural Western ag space and share how they built their businesses. We share business shots, as we call them. It's a little business advice for rural Western and ag entrepreneurs. And then our newest area that we've been exploring on our podcast is what we call industry news. And industry news is actually for not just people in ag, but even people outside of ag. We try to cover trending topics, just hot topics in food and agriculture. Um, we, you know, we had some policy things going on in the United States that we've covered, like all sorts of different things that just, we have candid conversations about what's going on in the news and, um, try to give some just information to people about it have again it's a candid conversation about it
0: it's it's great to like you know like we we're doing at the minute to meet new folk with similar but also completely different interests um i mean this podcast is food and farming and i have met endless amount of people you know you guys mentioned sort of that you can grow anything in california two weeks ago um uh we released a podcast with Jason Haas of Tablas Creek I don't know if you've heard of Tablas Creek mm. um the 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 world's first organic regenerative winery um oh, cool. yeah yeah so it's it's in California and it's quite funny if you google Tablas Creek which you now know is a winery you then go onto the home page and what you see is a bunch of alpacas and I'm like I'm interested what's this <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, go to R2Cast number 66 to find out uh so um but yeah it's great from that perspective just meeting so many folk and 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 i learn so much from this i mean i'm lecturing in agriculture and i had a master's in food security and i learned stuff in both of those courses and everything obviously but you learn so much about different cultures and it's great from that perspective are you guys mainly focusing um to people in the states or are you looking at anywhere
2: no we are international we have students from um Abroad, I think Canada and Australia is the two main ones that we've um, ended up having students. So, no, we got asked that if it's specific to um, the United States, and obviously there is differences, we are aware of that. But we feel like some of the foundation and fundamentals that we teach in the course are really relevant to anyone anywhere um, for sharing online.
0: And I'm I'm not going to ask you any tips because obviously if you're listening and you want those tips, you're going to have to sign up to the AG. <laughs> but um, if is, is it mainly based on... You guys are mainly based on, on Instagram. You're not sort of on the, the Facebook, YouTube side from what I understand, or, or maybe I'm wrong, but is, is it mainly based on Instagram?
2: So our module is mainly based on Instagram, but we brought in guest speakers that cover Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, YouTube... YouTube direct to beef or direct to consumer beef sales. We brought in a number of experts that talk about, uh, hosting on-farm, um, events. We brought in a girl that that's all she does is like agritourism. So, um, areas that we did not feel like we were the experts, we, uh, brought in people.
0: It's, 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 it's that sort of Richard King thing. You've, if you're able to say, well, I'm not the best in the world at this, please, let's pass that on to someone who's really good at it. Is It's always going to be better for those that are, that are customers. And is, if, if, if someone was to take on an Elevate Ag course, is it, is it all online? Is there face-to-face elements? Or how is that run?
1: Yep. So there's actually two options when you sign up. Um, there's the option to purchase the course, which is pre-recorded modules. Um, and you do get all the modules at once. So you can work through them at your own pace. Um, there's actually two paths. So there's a very beginner path. Path one, we call it for people who are very green to sharing online. We really break down some very beginning concepts, um, you know, really set some beginning things you need to know to share online. And then there's path two, which is a little bit built for someone who's maybe been sharing online, but struggling to kind of, you know, get a very streamlined vision, um, of what they're doing, or maybe again, earn that un- income that they're wanting. Um, so there's both of those options that are, um, different in links. Um, but the, it is, you sit down, it's Tara and I in a video talking to you and kind of, um, we've been told it's pretty interactive. So we kind of take pride in that. It's not, you know, something super boring to listen to. We're pretty proud of, you know, what we put together in the modules. Um, but there's also an option to get three coaching calls afterwards, which would be one-on-one with, well, not one-on-one It's small group. So, um, it is a zoom coaching call with Tara and I, where you get more individualized attention. So you get to actually ask us any questions you have working through the course or anything that, you know, you're want to know that maybe we perhaps didn't cover in the course. And so those calls were basically to, you know, solve what you just said, like, is it just the course and a screen I'm looking at, or can I get some interaction and have my questions answered? And so there is that small upgrade where you can purchase the three, um, post, we do them I think like every three weeks for three in a row um, right afterwards so depending on where you're at the course if you work through it pretty quickly you could get a lot of your questions answered but those are really fun too Tara and I really enjoy having that more interaction with our students
0: and is it like um sorry Tara were you about to say something there sorry
1: no
2: go ahead
0: no no no. I was going to say is like you can say you sort of get the modules pre-recorded and you go through them um how long could that take you could you do that pretty quickly or is there is there a lot to go through
1: Oh gosh. Um,
0: there is,
2: there's a lot of modules, but I, if you, you, I mean, you could choose to sit down and like just bust them all out in a week or you can spread them out. I think most of our students kind of spread them out over like, especially since our coaching calls are like every three weeks that they kind of break it into that, that they try to like get one third the way done before the first group coaching call, you know, you know, more than halfway by the second, and then wrap up by the third it seems to be like what people are kind of doing. Um, and then we have a Facebook community as well that carries over. So um, the Facebook community, the goal of the Facebook community is really to have our students even help each other, they can interact and ask each other questions, bounce ideas off each other. Um, so we try to even have that to kind of continue it out further of being able to still have some support and some um, information from others.
0: And is, is there a I know Elevate Ag is very much in its infancy at the minute. Is is there a qualification, or is it purely a sort of a, a knowledge based program?
2: Knowledge based program.
0: Knowledge, yeah, no, very good. And when did it start?
1: Um,
2: our first lunch was in March of 2022, so this year. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> so we is,
1: we do like sorry. open close, so you can't enroll um, anytime. <clears throat> you can only enroll when like doors are open. Right now, we're probably going to change that in 2023, but. For now we launched, um, we opened doors in March, close them in March. Um, we opened them again begin in May and let students in and then close them in that week. And then we'll do the same thing in October. So in October we'll open up doors. Um, people can apply for that week and then we'll close them. Um, and that's mostly because of the coaching calls. Otherwise we wouldn't, if people were joining at any random time throughout the year, we wouldn't be able to, you know, have those scheduled coaching calls to serve people. So, um, when we close doors, that's when we're able to kick off the, the group coaching calls
0: and the the course started the start of this year um elevate ag as an idea came around before that though didn't it it was it was during covid wasn't it i think is that right no uh, no oh. it,
2: we started in august of 2021 was when we started like we need to make this course and then we worked on it all of fall of 2021 and we filmed january 2nd and then we
1: launched march of like 3 months later Tara and I are both very much people where we, if we have an idea, we're pretty passionate about it and we'll pursue full steam ahead. We don't take a lot of time to, we kind of build our ship as we're at sea, I guess you'd say. So we um, we're very comfortable starting and figuring it out as we go. And so, um, yeah, it was very quick from conception. You know, the idea of Elevate Ag to launching was very quick, but that's kind of just how both of us work. I don't think we, um, I don't think it would have gone well for our personalities to do it any other way. No, that is
0: absolutely rapid. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's funny when you get sort of someone that's quite gung-ho runs into things they quite often match themselves with someone that pulls them back but it's really interesting no. to see people <laughs> just let's go for it as you said building the ship at water was fantastic oh, yeah. scene, love it um, <laughs> yeah. what, what's next for elevate ag
1: i'm so glad you asked this we're actually um diving into launching an um a series. so at the end of september um, we're going to have a film crew on Tara's ranch and then their or farm and then they're traveling up to mine. And then we will meet together um, to kind of film um, our first commodity in California, which is going to be cotton. So yep. we're really excited for this series. It's really um, Tara and I have through all of, you know, sharing individually and then sharing together. We've really, um, I guess, kind of honed our core passion is really um, sharing agriculture with those outside of it. And so this docu-series is going to be a, hopefully a really great way where we can touch a lot of people, um, beyond social media, um, with, you know, a film that shares, you know, how food really gets to plate and, and has a lot of really, um, big conversations around agriculture, um, and what it takes to kind of be a producer. Um, but also while, you know, paying homage to, to our history and our past of what, you know, agriculture has looked like before us as well yeah
0: I love I love that process from 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 field to plate I mean look at the name of what this is rural to kitchen the whole idea was I was I was a chef I worked in a farm from a farm master's in food security understand this whole process and and it, and it started during COVID when people were like buying stuff from nearby they're like oh this is great you can actually feed yourself from stuff from nearby (laughs) yeah we did it forever you just didn't realize um so it's 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 a a great story to tell that docuseries is that something that people that maybe aren't in elevate ag can they see it or is that specific to those involved
2: no it will be available to anyone we hope that it will be out there in the world very soon so stay tuned you can learn more obviously at elevate um, our instagram page um, we'll be sharing there once things come out and when it's completed
0: excellent exciting times look forward to it look forward to it guys it's been great um i originally got in touch with so i'm gonna be embarrassed here right i have followed both of you for some time but didn't realise you were in any way doing anything together. So you that's both okay. got a, you both got a message from me uh, saying, "Would you like to come on the podcast?" And then Tara, I think you responded, and then Natalie said, "I think you've already spoke to Tara." And I was like, "Yeah," but that was about Tara. <laughs> and then you <it'd> be like, <laughs> "I was like, what?"
1: what? You're and like, "That's like, an odd message." <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's exactly. what I thought I was like. Just don't say you don't want to come on if like you don't want to come on. Like, uh, so uh, it was it was cultivised cool to, uh, to get you both on to chat about about your joint venture, which is been really interesting. But there's two things we end every R two cast with, and this is probably going to end up in four questions because there's two of you. Obviously, the the two questions that everyone gets asked at the end of an R two cast is one, where do you see yourself in five years, and two, if you had tips for folk, and you guys are perfect for this question. Tips for folk coming into the industry, what would they be?
2: I can answer. Oh, go ahead. Uh, So where do we see ourselves in five years? I hope that we are like doing big things with the docu-series. I hope we're on season like four of the docu-series. Probably. I hope we're continuing to, with the docu-series, I hope we're continuing to serve, you know, um, non-ag people, helping them understand where their food comes from. And at the same time, um, continuing to help farmers, ranchers, producers share their story and get even more people out there reaching out to non- con- non-ag consumers um, to just continue to elevate ag. Natalie, you want to answer the other one?
1: Nope. I'm right there alongside you. <clears throat> oh, okay. Wait, what was the oh, second sorry. question? Um, yeah. The oh, second yeah. question is tips. Um, I think oh. uh, my biggest tip for tip, are you for people who want to share online? Is that what you asked? Well,
0: yeah, it could be that. It could be folk into farming. It could be sharing. Oh, content. okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm not sure I'm the best advice I to get into the industry. Um, so I'll stick with, if you want to get into sharing online, um, and I would recommend just, um, kind of being brave enough to start. I feel like at the core of a lot of successful people across the industry, you know, what, whatever industry you're looking at, um, and the more successful they get, I feel like in it kind of at the core of them at the seat of them is a, a really brave heart and so i think a lot of first steps are important clarity comes from action and if you could just get started um you'll figure everything else out so just be brave enough to start whatever it is that's placed on your heart
0: yeah love it love it and and oh, well also, said. Very, yeah both very well said i was very impressed tara that you managed to throw elevate ag into the the sentence without even just saying it It just worked it ran off the <laughs> perfectly um the I obviously in my day job I'm with students every day and it's it's great to see the sort of their experiences and how they grow and stuff like that and and one thing that I say to all of them is just say yes like you might get the stage you get too much you can't say yes but that's a different story say yes at first say yes say yes say yes if you go through a door you can always get out at somewhere else but you sometimes can't get back in um so yeah, it's 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 both good tips and and also I like to see folk that say to the five year question, you know, something very similar to to where they already are because that means that means they're in a good place. And one tip, I don't know why I'm getting involved as if it's I'm the guest here, but i, I it sort of runs on is you guys are sort of based on a thing where you're sharing content yourself, you're working together to do so, but you're very much working in groups a lot of the time. And, and one of the tips I'd give anyone that's listening, if if you are looking to get into things or push your way forward or learn something or whatever try not to be the smartest one in the room it's very easy for me because i really am but uh, it's it's a uh, it's a good thing to learn so you're always going to learn from someone else and you're also going to learn from folk that are less smart than you so don't we don't have to put a title on it but um i've really enjoyed I, having you on. what was that sorry uh, i was
1: gonna say i really love that advice that's actually something i really hold close to myself i um i try not to be into like let the fear of being in big rooms intimidate me and instead come from it like you said from really from that curiosity and how much more you'll grow and gain by being um you know quote unquote the the less intelligent one in the room but man it's really powerful when you can surround yourself with people you who are either doing what you want to do or have advice to help you get there you know um so i think that i'm glad you added that into the conversation (laughs) it's
0: it's funny you say about being in a room of a lot of folk i mean there's like a there's probably some kind of running joke in, in our office that you put me in a room. I will know everyone in 10 minutes. <laughs> That's <laughs> I my even...
1: husband. <laughs> I'm like I hiding in the corner and you guys have made friends. I'm like, great. Okay. Everyone's been talked to We can leave now.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. That's laughs> right. Okay. So i basically got married to them. I know their auntie's there. have done everything. Yeah.
1: So
0: good way to be like, meeting new folk and stuff. And everyone's got a great story as, as we've proven today. Um, so I hope, I hope you two have enjoyed coming on the R2Cast. I hope it's been fun. Yes, oh, thank you was,
2: for having us on. This was amazing. It was great talking with you. I know one all. thing
1: I did want to say is I want to say thank you for building us up so much. But um, I feel like you're um, you need to reflect that back on yourself because you mentioned you had Joel Selton on, you've talked to people in different, multiple different, um, continents. Andres, and so, yeah. yeah, I feel like you're, you're doing pretty good. Well, so you might maybe just be a little bit kinder to yourself there. Cause I feel like you have, our two cast is pretty successful in of itself without the headset and microphone. So who knows where you'll go once you get a mic in front of you.
0: Can you imagine once i've got a microphone in the headset i mean i'm basically going to be joe rogan um, i
1: know watch out
0: <laughs> um well thank you for the kind words i appreciate that and what i will say to those listening i actually had an even bigger compliment before we hit record my voice is apparently really nice to listen yes. to
2: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> um yeah. but yeah been great really enjoyed listening to the story and and uh, now we've sort of made contact try and keep in touch um over instagram and stuff like that and maybe if i find myself out your way i'll try and come and see one of the ranches which would be good fun um I hope you guys listening have enjoyed uh, this is number r R2, Articast number 68 I don't know who it's going to be on for number 69 because we're filming this in September this is probably coming out in November or something like that so I'm a wee bit ahead and I will soon enough know who 69 is but if you've got any ideas for folk you would like to hear um, coming on the podcast please let me know I about two weeks ago from the point of recording decided that I wanted to record a podcast of 75 percent of the world's countries so that, well, actually you can't speak to countries, people from those countries. So uh, I've currently done six. (laughs) So I've got a bit of work to do um, and that's after 68. So I worked out that I'll need to do, I think it was 1199 um, before I would get, if I kept going at that race. We're going to speed up a bit. um, And I've so far been someone from Zimbabwe, someone from Australia and somewhere else, but I can't remember. So uh, we're, we're fairly picking up on that. My goal is to try and get Caleb Cooper, who you guys will not know, before christmas but he's massive in the farming sort of world here he was with jeremy clarkson and clarkson's farm um so that's the goal maybe for a christmas special if it happens great if it doesn't not to worry uh, everyone will get on has got a great story so thank you very much for listening again and we'll see you for r2cast number 69 natalie and tara thank you very much for your time
1: thank you so much thank you
3: Well, that's it, another R2Cast finished, another agricultural mind opened up and I would just like to say that getting these guests on board eh, does take time eh, and it always has done but I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required and I would just like to finally thank once more The Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast Or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better, because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.